Changes things, the sound of it. 
I just thank you so much for that truth this morning, God, that your arms are open wide, that you're the treasure we found, Lord. And I just thank you so much for the image of baptism, God, and just what that says about us, what that says about you, Lord. And I just pray that as we do that sacrament this morning, God, that you would just show us your heart, God. Would you remind us how much you love us and care for us? It's in your son's holy name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. This is an exciting day. We have, um, those of you who come to this, are visiting this church today and you just came here for a service, you're in luck. Because we're supposed to be down at Burnt Cedar Beach today and there would have been nobody here when you came. There would have been a sign on the door. But because of the smoke, we had to um, change venues. We made a quick decision yesterday. So we're excited though. They're very excited for today's baptism. And what I want to do is take you through the study I took everyone getting baptized through so that you understand what I told them and what they're doing today. Now, you know, baptism is very common in our churches, um, and, and some, some of you probably witness hundreds of baptisms. Um, but today I just want to remind us what Scripture says about it, kind of refresh our, our, our understanding and our commitment to it. So are you with me on that? Father, we thank you for this opportunity to look at your word and this idea of baptism, something you inaugurated um, to represent our union with your son and our commitment to follow him. So guide us today, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds to what you would have for each of us, whether we're being baptized or not today. And we love you. In Christ's name, we give praise. Amen. So in, in our church and in most churches, there's only really two, what we call two ordinances or two sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper, sometimes called communion, um, Eucharist, all sorts of things these are called. Baptism is typically something done early in the Christian journey where the Lord's Supper, and it's usually done once, where the Lord's Supper is done many, many times throughout your walk with the Lord. So today we're going to celebrate baptism, and there are going to be six people who are choosing to proclaim Christ through the waters of baptism. But let me tell you what I took them through. First thing I did was I took them through Matthew 28, 18 to 20, the Great Commission. Let me read that to you. These are Jesus' words to his disciples after the resurrection, before he ascended to heaven, he gave them their marching orders. Here's what he said. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And notice here the word, how many times the word all occurs. All authority has been given to me on heaven and earth. Go, therefore, make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Four times the word all occurs, showing Jesus' comprehensive authority and our comprehensive mission. Take the gospel to the nations. And he says, make disciples of all nations. Then he gives two other verbs that describe how you do that. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them. So baptizing and teaching are the means by which we make disciples. Now it's interesting, it says baptizing them. It doesn't say lead them to the Lord. It doesn't say get them to say the sinner's prayer. It says baptizing them. Why doesn't it say first get them to confess Christ? And here's why. Baptism in the New Testament era is so closely associated with coming to faith in Jesus, it's inseparable. It's inseparable with the profession of faith. Because in the New Testament, as soon as you came to faith in Jesus, you were baptized. 
They didn't have three years of waiting and then a class and, and all that that we have today. There was this sense of baptism is so closely associated. Let me give you this. Have you ever heard of the figure of speech called metonymy? This is one of those, um, what? So, thank you, what? A metonymy is a figure of speech that one thing is so closely associated with another thing, you, you don't really tell them apart in your speech. You don't even know you're doing it. Let me give you an example. The White House issued a statement today. Houses don't talk. So when I say the White House issued a statement today, who's talking? The occupant of the White House. That's a metonymy. The White House is so closely associated with the occupant that there's no distinction between them. So when we say the White House, you immediately know I'm talking about the president or, or his, his um, administration. Baptism is a metonymy for coming to faith in Jesus Christ. So it was used in the New Testament to describe that entrance into the faith. Does that make sense? I, I wanna show you how that plays out in Romans chapter six. We did this last week, so I'm gonna read it again to you. Romans six, one through six, I'm gonna to read to you. Paul is addressing the question, well, if, if wherever sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, then possibly the reader's thinking, oh, then I'll sin more to get more grace. So Paul addresses that, that possible objection. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? So stop there. This presents a teaching in the New Testament that all who believe in Jesus Christ have died to sin. When did you die? You're sitting here right now, your heart's beating, you're breathing. Breathing heavily maybe because of the smoke, but you're breathing. When did you die? Say again. When Christ died, exactly. And your baptism is the symbol of it. Look what Paul says in verse three. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now, let's stop there for a moment. We might walk in newness of life. Your baptism results in that you're alive from the dead. You're dead to sin, you've been alive, you've been raised with Christ some mysterious, mystical way. You died with Jesus. You were buried with Jesus, you've been raised with Jesus to live a new life. And what is that new life? Back to Matthew 8, 28. It says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teach them to observe all that I have commanded you. See, the commands of Jesus on our life is the new life. But something beautiful about this, it's not a burden. It's not this weight on me that I can't keep. Oh, I have to obey Jesus, this is horrible. No, you've been made alive, you're born again. The Spirit of God lives in you, you have a new nature. Now there's this beauty, we get to obey Jesus. It now becomes the joy of following our Lord. This is so important to grasp. And baptism symbolizes all of this. Baptism symbolizes the new life I've been raised from the dead to live a new life of following Jesus. You with me so far? This is very important. This isn't just a, um, a, a symbolic thing you do, you know, for any old reason. You do it because I've come to the place where I realize my sin before God. I can't solve my sin problem. I call out to Christ, Jesus, I got nothing. All I have to offer you is my sin. Will you save me, Lord Jesus? 
And the Bible says, all that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then the baptism represents that death you died with him, the burial and the resurrection. Listen to Romans 6, 5, and 6, the next two verses. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. If you were here last week, I took you through Romans 6, and seven times I showed you from Romans 6, seven times in this chapter, it says you're not a slave to sin. It says it's not your master anymore, you don't have to obey it. This is the beauty of our salvation and the baptism when you come out of the water that's the deep symbolism of the new life you get to live where sin is not your master, Jesus is. Let me review. Matthew, not this Matthew, the book of Matthew, says baptize them and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Romans 6 says baptism represents walking a new life of freedom from sin. Now I want to bring in one more verse. This verse doesn't talk about baptism, but it talks about coming to faith in Jesus. It brings the same two elements, though. This is Romans 10, 9, and 10. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified. With the mouth one confesses and is saved. So first of all, two things here. Confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord. What does that mean? What does it mean, Jesus, to be your Lord? I hear noise, but I don't have no clue what you're saying. Talk louder. He's your everything, okay? So do you, do, is obeying the Lord optional? It's kind of, you know what, Jesus, I'll give some thought, thought to that. You know, you're a good guy. I'll give some thought to whether or not I follow you. No, a Lord is just that. He's the Lord of your life. By the way, he's writing to Romans. Do you know who the Romans called Lord? Caesar. And Jesus, or Paul is saying, nah, you don't confess Caesar as Lord. You confess Jesus as Lord. And there's this verbal confession out loud. In the baptismal today, I'll ask these guys questions about their faith. And they will verbally say, I'm following Jesus. There's a verbal, out loud confession, Jesus is my Lord, and I believe in my heart God raised him from the dead. I'm putting my hope and trust in him. So let, let me give you some su summary points. In the New Testament, everyone who believes in Jesus should be baptized as soon as possible. We see that in the book of Acts, they believe and they're baptized, believe and baptized. Even the Philippian jailer baptized in the middle of the night, which is a strange one, why? Paul, Paul's in jail. The earthquake happens, you know the story, and the Philippian jailer thinks they, that his prisoners have escaped. He goes to kill himself, and Paul says, no, no, don't kill yourself, we're all here. We haven't escaped. And the, and the jailer comes up, because they heard him singing songs to Jesus an hour before. And he comes up and says, gentlemen, what do I do to be saved? He believes in Jesus, and Paul takes him and his whole family, and he's baptized that night. The next day, Paul is confronted by the Roman rulers. So I think Paul did it in the middle of the night because he didn't know what was going to happen to him come daybreak. But it's immediate. This is the symbolism of your new life in Christ. We believe in what is called believer's baptism. What we mean by that is 
you profess in Christ, then you get baptized. The scriptures say, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and then be baptized. So then you have to be old enough to understand what it means to believe. That's why we call it believer's baptism. Church, other churches have different traditions, and I'm not here to argue with those traditions. And, and I've talked with my pastor friends all the time who have different traditions, and we have great conversations. But we believe you confess Christ, believe in, his, believe in your heart, God raised him, and then you are baptized. We believe in full immersion as opposed to sprinkling. Because the imagery of dying and being raised again, we immerse you in the water. Um, so that, so I, I don't know of another way to symbolize being buried and raised. As you say today, we will, I will lean them back in the water. I'll say, buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. So that's why we do that. Baptism in and of itself does not save you or add anything to you that you don't already have. Rather, it is an experiential confirmation of your union with Christ and your commitment to follow him. This is very important, an experiential confirmation of your union with Christ. I talked about this last week a little bit, but I want to bring it up again. We don't seem to have in our culture very many rites of passage anymore. You know, where, where, where you go through life and all of a sudden there's this point where you have this, this attention, this celebration, this party, something to point to now you're an adult. Jewish people have bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs for boys, bat mitzvahs for girls when they're 13 years old. Um, many in the Hispanic culture have quinceañeras, which is a birthday party for a 15-year-old girl. My wife works in, in, in um, Carson City at a place that puts on, on banquets. She's a, a director, of, a manager of banquets and, and catering. And last night they had a quinceanera for a teenage girl. 250 people came, and they spent more money on it than we spent on weddings. You see, this is, this is huge rite of passage for a 15-year-old girl in the Hispanic culture. I think we should look at baptism that way. It doesn't add anything to that 15-year-old girl. It doesn't add anything to the 13-year-old Jewish boy or girl. But it's a huge experiential symbol to describe a stage of life they're hitting. We need to see baptism that way. It doesn't save me. It doesn't add to me. I have everything I need for life and godliness. But this experience reminds me who I am. It's done in a community of people, so we celebrate it. So, anyways, that's what we're doing today. I asked each of the candidates getting baptized today these two questions. I told them, do not get baptized unless you are proclaiming the following two things are true about you. Okay, do not get baptized unless you're proclaiming the following two things are true about you. First, that you believe Jesus has died for your sins and you have turned from them or trusting in him alone to save you. That's called Salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Is that true about you? I asked each one of them. Then I said, this must be true also. You are making a commitment to follow Jesus as Lord of your life in every area. Back to the three passages. Baptize them and teach them to observe all that I've commanded you. Your baptism represents a new life where you walk with the Lord and sin is not your master anymore. 
Confess Jesus as Lord of your life. So what I'm trying to do here, not I'm trying to do, but I think New Testament teaches is, as we enter into this thing called Christianity and we get baptized, the proclamation is, he's the Savior, I'm trusting in him. It's only he, because of him, that I'm saved, my Savior, and I will follow him as my Lord the rest of my life. Now those of you who understand this, you've been doing this, and you know it's, a, it's sometimes a difficult road to follow him, is it not? The world comes against us, the devil comes against us. But is there also incredible joy? A little more excitement there. Is there also incredible joy? Okay, thank you very much. I was gonna say, man, I'm gonna quit my job. Sorry. So, baptism demonstrates your submission to Jesus as both Savior and Lord. That's what we're doing today. So what we're gonna do now, we're gonna sing one more song. I'm gonna go get changed, because it was really weird for me to preach in swimming trunks. <laughs> Just one of those category issues for me. And then they'll do this verse over and over and over again until I get back out. I don't mean to make fun of it, this is a great song. So I want the team to come back up, and Father, I hope today, above all, honors you. And also, Lord, trust that each person getting baptized today fully grasp these concepts, that you as our Savior and you're the only one who could save us. We could not save ourselves. And we are committing ourselves to you to follow you as our Lord all day, every day. And it's not a burden, it is a joy. Thank you, Father. In your wonderful Son's name we pray. And everybody said? Would you stand with us as we continue in worship?
Amen. You may be seated. That was good timing. So thank you, team, very much. I'm going to baptize four people, and Gabe's going to baptize two. So as I said, each one of these people getting baptized, we've gone through the lesson. We've had long conversations. We've spent hour, hour and a half together discussing what baptism is, what it means to follow Christ. So this is a, um, a great celebration of people who've declared, I'm following Jesus, I'm walking a new life. So Tristan, Tristan's first. Yep. So Tristan has been with us how long? A year. So give us your whole name. Tristan Maloof. Tristan Maloof. She's been with us a year. She works for Google, and they've allowed her to work remote, so she came and joined us, and it's been an absolute delight having her at our church. And is this your last Sunday with us? Yeah. And she's going back to the Bay Area to go back to the office of Google. So this is a wonderful celebration for us to thank her and as she commits her life to Christ. So, um, so So Tristan, have you come to the place where you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior from your sins and trust in Him only? Yes. And do you see these waters of baptism as a symbol that you'll follow Jesus every day of your life? Yes. Okay. In light of your profession of faith, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of His death, and raised in the likeness of His resurrection. So this is Alex, and Alex, say your last name. I spelled long. Like, shop. Shop. Why can't they just spell S H O P? I don't know. <laughs> so um, Alex too has been in our young adults group for the last year, and um, works with Ridgeline, and has committed himself to this church, and he's a very faithful volunteer. And it's my honor to baptize you today. So Alex, have you come to a place where you realize your sin before God? You can't pay for your own sins, but you're trusting Christ alone to save you. Yes. And again, these waters of baptism don't save you, but do you use them as a symbol that you'll follow Jesus as your Lord? Yes. Okay. So in light of that profession of faith, let's baptize you. Grab, go ahead and grab my arm. Okay. Grab my arm. Oh, did you know? Okay. He doesn't want to plug his nose. Yeah. So I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death. And raised in the likeness of his resurrection. This is Ryland, and this is her dad, Nate, her mom down there, Jennifer, and her sister's getting baptized too, and their little brother's watching on with interest. So, Ryland, have you come to a place 
where you've trusted Jesus and him alone to save you from your sins. Yes. And are you making a declaration today? You'll confess with your mouth Jesus as your Lord. Yes. Okay, in light of that profession of faith, I want to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Buried in the likeness of his death, raised in the likeness of his resurrection. I, I, go ahead, Maisie, tell them your whole name. Maisie Lee Seward. And, and Maisie, are you, have you come to the place in your life where you've trusted Jesus, you realize before God you can't pay for your sins, but only he could do it? Yes. And that today these waters of baptism symbolize a, a commitment to follow him in every area of your life? Yes. Okay, in light of that, let's baptize you. I want to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death. Raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Come on up, girls. So here we have Emily Merchant, been longtime family friends, and Emily has uh, came to a point where she's going to profess baptism right now. So Emily, I have some questions for you. Emily, do you recognize that this water does not save you? Jesus saves you, Jesus alone. Yes. And do you recognize that these waters of baptism are a symbol that you're going to follow Jesus as your Lord for every part of your life? Yes. In light of that, Emily baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I baptize you. Yeah, you're good. Cover your nose. However you want. <laughs> Buried in the likeness of his death and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. Woo! you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried in the likeness of his death, and raised in the likeness of his resurrection. So the worship team is going to come back up, and we're going to sing another song. And please, after... That the highest king would welcome me. I was lost, but he brought me. last he has ransomed his grace runs through. While I was a slave to sin, Jesus died for me. Yes, he Sunset free, always free and 
Sunday and we'll see you next week.